Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome, welcome, welcome to the 31st installment of the Bobby Kudo Show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you made it. We have an exciting journey today, 1975. Why 1975? It's the year I was born. That's right. Happy birthday to me. And you know, I couldn't think of a better song to open the episode with. Of course, the late David Bowie from his album, Young Americans. Fame. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. I hope everyone is well. These are some crazy, crazy times. This is the second episode, guys, that I've opened with the same exact words. Craziness, right? I mean, is there any way else to describe the day-to-day occurrences that we all are experiencing? Like, can we really digest the difference in life and things that have changed? You know, today... Sunday, and um, no sports on TV, you know, really, not much at all, I mean, if you're not outside in the yard, um, or if you're not reading a book, or if you're not uh, building a puzzle, (laughs) I mean, there really isn't much else to do, right? Kind of wait this thing out, right? Hope it goes away. I mean, if there's any good in this, got some money coming. The president just signed that $2 trillion stimulus package. Amazing. You know, it's strange he actually said it. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. He actually said it right before he signed it. I've never signed anything that started with a T. Man. But they say it's going to help. Somehow it's going to stimulate the economy, get people some money. I know people are out of work. You know, for me, I am considered essential. So I have been working all along. And I will tell you that the company that I work for, pretty stand-up, um, pretty stand-up outfit. You know, they they uh, they came up with a solution to a very serious problem. You know, rather than just send people home without pay, you know, lose productivity, uh, I mean, we're a, we're a, we're a, we're a product company. You know, we we moved product from 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 one place to another. We purchase, and then we retail. And uh, you know, of course, if anybody knows anything about that, it, everything is it's got a shelf life, right? I mean, it's got a either you got to move it. You know, the longer you hold on to it, the less valuable it is. So in this case, you know, the company that I work for, they're actually still pulling product, and um, you know, consider we have product that you know is still coming in that has been purchased. You know, we're pulling it, and what we're pulling, we're actually donating. So hats off to um, to my company. You know, uh, we are donating 
um, a lot of um, great product and merchandise to uh, uh, organizations such as the Red Cross, uh, the VFW, and um, quite honestly, I think it's a it's an amazing thing to uh, to be doing. It's probably uh, you know not that uh, common at this point. You know, a lot of people are shutting down and um, really just trying to. I mean, self-contain, right? I mean, that's the idea. Is the idea is not to spread this disease uh, any further uh, than it uh, has already gone. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable to think that you know here we are. Um, I mean, it was January. Was it January when this all started? And uh, and here we are in the end of March. You know, just knocking on April's door, and we're still dealing with this. Um, this situation, you know, if you if you're curious and you you you're wondering what the numbers look like uh, right now, uh, this is current. This is from the World Meters Info uh, website, and as of right now, in the United States, you know, total cases 141,854. That's up. That's 18,000 cases in one day. Um, they always give you the average from one day to the next, and 18,000 cases, new cases, deaths. Um, 2,475 new deaths were 255 um, total recovered 4,435 and active cases 134 900 I mean these are ridiculous outstanding numbers and if you look at the worldwide number right now in the world there are 721,412 people uh, that are currently infected with the corona COVID-19 virus uh, it's terrible. I mean, you know, and, and they say a lot of people, and this is the one, this is what they're keeping track of. They don't even know. There are people out there that are, that might have it and don't even realize it and have gone through it and haven't even reported it. So in that case, you, know, you don't even know. Um, you don't even know if it, like there's no, there's no keeping track for that. So, they, I mean, they, there could be numbers out there that, you know, they have no idea about. And, um, um, I will tell you, you know, I, I know last episode I mentioned, you know, the president and how I felt about how I thought everything was being handled and um, um, you know, how um, I, I, I thought that the administration made me feel comfortable about, you know, the way that they were dealing with this. And, um, you know, I, I would like to say that I'd like to take that back a little bit. You know, I, I since since that, since since the last episode, um, I, I don't know, did, did the president like take a take a turn to the left or to the right i will tell you that you know without this amazing staff like that dr um anthony uh fossey right i mean he speaks and he speaks so well and i feel confident in what he's saying um he is actually the um the director of national institute of allergy and infectious diseases and you know when he speaks i, I really appreciate him speaking because i feel like he's He's being truthful and honest with me. And in this case, I, I do have an, a small clip that I want to share with you guys um, that where he really discusses um, what he figures or what he thinks some of the, his estimates might be. So just give us a quick listen. Well, Dr. Burke said yesterday, as you know, that she doesn't think any city will be spared from this virus. Um, how many cases do you think the U.S. will reach? A million cases to 10 million cases or, or, these, we, or do we not even have any idea? You know, Jake, the honest, to be honest with you, we don't really have any firm idea. There are things called models. And when someone creates a model, they put in various assumptions. And the model is only as good and as accurate as your assumptions. And whenever the model has come in, they give a worst case scenario and a best case scenario. 
generally the reality is somewhere in the middle. I've never seen a model of the diseases that I've dealt with, which the worst case scenario actually came out. They always overshoot. So when you use numbers like a million, a million and a half, two million, that almost certainly is off the chart. Now, it's not impossible, but very, very unlikely. So it's difficult to present. I mean, looking at what we're seeing now, you know, I would say between 100 and 200,000 cases, but I don't want to be held to that because it's, it's, it's excuse me, deaths. I mean, we're going to have millions of cases, but I, I just don't think that we really need to make a projection when it's such a moving target that you can so easily be wrong and mislead people. What we do know, Jake, is that we got a serious mm -hmm. problem in New York. We have a serious problem in New Orleans, and we're going to be developing serious problems in other areas. So although people like to model it, let's just look at the data of what we have and not worry about these worst case and best case scenarios. Well, there you have it. I mean, there's a guy that, I mean, I, I feel confident in what he's saying. I feel that he speaks in, in, in logic and in facts. So um, do I feel confident and do I believe everything the president's saying when he gets up on the podium? I, you know what, guys? I keep saying it over and over again. I, he's, he's, um, he's absolutely in love with himself, and he just needs to be um, just that arrogant, uh, again, I, I know a I, leader. Yeah, I get all that. I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. And somebody who's strong and is not going to put up with any, any bullshit. And I, I get all that. But in, in this case, he just really sometimes gets into some conversations and sways off, you know, and even some of the questions that are being asked that I think are totally legitimate. And I, and I think he called one of the reporters a cutie pie. Don't be a cutie pie. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know where he's going with that. I, I honestly, I no idea where that even uh, makes any sense to anybody. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, the, the doctor was mentioned like he's thinking that, um, you know, one hundred to two hundred thousand Americans could die from the coronavirus. I mean, that, those are some staggering numbers in comparison to what we heard before. And you know, obviously, you know, we're practicing the social distancing, and you know, we're we're doing the best we can. And you know, in some cases, that's not that's not that's not so. I mean, it's still in New York; they still have people getting together. And I happened to catch an article the other day, and um, people that, like it's South Africa um, and other places that it, they just refuse to believe that this disease exists or virus is out there, and they continue to, you know, they continue to group together, and um, and it's devastating because you know they don't have the same medical care. Um, in some of those, in some of those places that, that we have here. So there's a lot of these people don't even make it, but, uh, nonetheless, guys, I just, Hey, welcome to episode 31, everybody. I mean, we're starting off hot here. Um, I really wanted to get this out of the way, this whole Corona thing out of the way, because, you know, this is a special episode and it is because my birthday is on Tuesday, guys. You know, I, um, I, you know, I'm not a big birthday guy per se, but you know, in this case, you know, my birthday's coming up and. Um, I figured, you know, this would be the last episode I do before my birthday. And so therefore, um, I figured, Hey, what the hell? Let's, let's, let's do the year 1975 because that was the year that I was born. And there was a lot of stuff that happened that year. A lot of great stuff that happened that year. Uh, and pivotal. I mean, really like just changing, um, our way of life. You know, we weren't dealing with, uh, you know, the invisible enemy here, but in this case, in 1975, if anybody remembers the Vietnam war, uh, we were um, just coming to the end of that. You know, it was a great time for America, you know, finally, you know, getting through that whole um, that whole battle, that war that just seemed to last forever. Um, and it was that last battle, the Battle of Ban Mo Tau, um, that took place in the north, it was North Vietnam, South Vietnam, 
And um, I believe that was the North ended up, um, ended up, you know, the South ended up, um, they gave up. They weren't, uh, they surrendered. And uh, North Vietnam ended up taking the estate. Uh, and then since then, um, and it was in April, shortly after that in April, the uh, Vietnam War ended and that was it. We were out of there. We were out of Vietnam. And I, I mean, literally, um, you know, changed the world, changed the nation. You know, a lot of, we had a lot of troops, a lot of vets that came back to a country that really wasn't um, financially and socially able to um, to take care of them. I mean, it was it was tragic. It was terrible. Uh, you know, a, a lot of these troops that came back, you know, they gave up everything to go. Um, some of them lost brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, um, and came back to nothing, you know, and it was a nation that was just, you know, um, just bleeding out. I mean, as a matter of fact, um, it was 1975. If you didn't know this, um, New York City, New York City, um, um, the president, Gerald Ford, signed a uh, $2.3 billion loan for the state of New York because they were they were bankrupt. They, were, they had nothing, which made sense. You know, you came out of a war. A lot was going on, and then of course you get this influx of, of of troops, of people, of vets that have no place to go, and you've got to somehow support this, you know, right? They said New York City, for the longest time, had a, a homeless. I mean, even now they have a lot of homeless, but there was a point there where it was it was out of control. Like there was just, and then somehow Mayor Giuliani did something and made all the homeless people disappear. I wonder. <laughs> I I don't mean to laugh, but I wonder if if they all ended up in San Francisco, California. You know what I mean? It seems like that's where uh, that's where everybody uh, is homeless now, right? I mean, the, the weather is nice. I mean, Gary mentioned it when he was on the show um, that uh, that's what they do, right? A lot of these these governors they 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 actually paid for um, the tickets for these guys or, or these people, these homeless people, to go to the southern states where it's warmer. I mean, I, I mean, again, I don't put it past anybody, but uh, in this case, just so you know, 1975, some crazy stuff. You know, if you if you were curious, if you were curious, um, you know, aside from just great music and um, some good film that came out that year, um, the cost of living, you're wondering how much it would cost to live in 1975? Well, let's take a look. Uh, let's see, the... Um, Cost of gas, if you were going to buy some gasoline, 44 cents a gallon. How about that? 1975, it was 44 cents a gallon. I mean, granted, <laughs> the, your gas tank was, you know, like a 20, you know, 30, 40 gallon tank uh, to uh, power out, power around your uh, your V8. I mean, really, um, environment was not, um, environmental regulation was not top priority in 1975. The average cost for a new car was going to be about $4,000. Um, average cost for a new house that was gonna run you about forty grand. How about that? Forty grand, you could do that. Forty grand. Uh, average income per year was fourteen thousand one hundred dollars. Your monthly rent, if you were renting an apartment, was two hundred dollars. Uh, and if you were fancy and you wanted some Foster Grant sunglasses, those would have ran you about five bucks. Uh, it's funny. My brother had one of these, a Chevy Caprice Classic. Uh, that was going to run you about 4,800 bucks. I mean, now when my brother had his, it wasn't new. It was far from new, but, uh, if you were buying one then Ford Mustang, how about a Ford Mustang, 1975 Ford Mustang that would run you $4,105. Pretty cool. Right. And then of course the old Delta 88, um, if you want one of those, you were looking at about 5,600 bucks. Huh? Pretty cool. You know, it's funny, you know, the, uh, cost per, I actually went and I researched this cause I was really curious, you know, the, the cost of gas of being 44 cents. I'm like, gee, I wonder how much 
uh, um, a barrel of oil was. And it was um, OPEC, the price of oil then, 1975, was $13. Today, that same barrel of oil is going to cost you $26.04. Crazy, right? I mean, you, I mean, double. I mean, it's actually absolute double from 1975, right? And, and what are we talking, right? Well, I mean, we're talking a couple of years ago, right? couple of years ago it's not important how many just a couple of years ago well really a reality we're talking over 44 years ago uh what else happened you know what else happened if you guys were curious sony introduced its betamax you know i think i've mentioned betamax and the vhs wars in the past you know especially when you're talking about um like hd dvd the blu-ray wars it seems like we keep coming across this these 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 platform um Wars by these successful companies. In this case, it was Sony um, and JVC. And, you know, Sony had introduced the Betamax. It was a smaller, compact VHS, like video cassette. And JVC had the VHS, which was the um, video home system. Uh, so I, they went on for a while. They battled. But eventually, VHS um, was the winner. And then everybody, that was the platform that everybody used until the death of VHS, until DVD came along and then wiped it out. But before then... Before then, um, the really cool thing was that because of VHS, this this huge, huge hit was released on VHS, and it was the first one, and it was the release by Steven Spielberg with Richard Dreyfuss, Roy Schneider, and Robert Scher. I think we're going to need a bigger boat. And of course, I'm talking about Jaws, the original Jaws. You know, filled right off the coast of Cape Cod. That was in June of 1975, guys. How cool was that? Right? I mean, that scared the shit out of everybody. You know, even my wife now is afraid of the water and the ocean because of this movie. This movie scared the hell out of everybody. And you know, I tell you, the good and the bad and everything. You know, it was a great movie, Blockbuster, VHS. Um, it actually was the first movie released on Blockbuster Video, right? And that was a whole... Imagine Blockbuster Video, for those of you who remember that. But uh, back to the movie. It, you know, 1975, they released this movie. It was a huge, huge hit. I mean, they say to probably one of the most successful uh, movies of all time. Like, literally. And it's... Um, it did so well and just scared so many people. But also, the the bad of it was people were just slaughtering sharks. Like, they were in their boats fishing. And I tell you, I'm, a, I'm an avid fisher myself. And, uh, you know, I, I do not get the opportunity to go um, in the ocean, like ocean fishing all the time. But um, I do um, do once in a while. And, you know, when I do, like, you know, you may come across... You may come across a shark. You, it's it's possible. I mean, I've actually been shark fishing, but you know, it's always been like a catch, tag, and release. You know, now the idea of killing a, a beautiful creature like that is beyond comprehension. Like I, I would never, I would, I wouldn't consider it, and I don't know that anybody that I I know would wouldn't consider it either. I mean, it's just, you know, the the idea that um, we understand our our ecology so much better now. Uh, we understand. You know the process, but 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 you know what? It's funny because that happened in 1975. A lot of people were killing sharks. No had nobody had any issues with sharks for a long time, and you know, and since since then, we've gotten smarter and obviously more in tune with our environment. And now it's funny because I believe 
you know, the fact that, you know, we, we haven't been um, or ha- have no impact on the shark population. Now you can't even, um, they have actually, they said that the, uh, <laughs> um, that the pool sales on the Cape have increased 20% because people are not going into the ocean. And if anybody knows anything about the Cape, um, I know last summer we had a, a really bad summer with sharks and I would imagine this summer is probably not going to be much different. Um, they have a huge seal population uh, uh, off the coast of the Cape. And of course, the sharks eat seals, so that's where they go. Um, and in this case, it's it's affected the island quite a bit. A lot of people go, um, still go to the Cape, you know, for the for the you know the, the vacation end of it. But I mean, I mean, how impactful is that with so many sharks and people that don't even want to go? I mean, literally, it's an ocean town, and people aren't going in the ocean. So, you know, for those sunbathers, it's not a big deal. But for those who like to surf and like to be in the ocean, in the water, I mean, it's that's not a good thing. So. Uh, so it had like this. It's funny how these things, you know, and, and I only bring this up because, you know, if you really think about like this coronavirus and, you know, how now we're practicing social distancing, it's very much the same thing. You know, you really not, you know, you can be socially distant from people right now, and, but they're saying there's actually like a two week incubation period. So the tough part in all of this is realizing that everything we do today, it's going to take 14 days to see the results. Um, so even though you're home and you're, um, you, you, you're trying to be as helpful as possible with the quarantine and you're staying away from people and you're washing your hands and you're using Purell. Um, you know, we're still not going to see, we're still not going to see the impacts of that for a little bit. And I think people get discouraged. Um, but what I would, what I like to, would like to tell you is I'm so inspired by, you know, I, guys, I, I don't know if you realize it or I hope that you realize it and I hope that you're on board, but you know, TikTok, right? TikTok is the new greatest thing out there. And, um, you know, it's funny, like all these things happen and you see these, some of these companies are thriving because of it. And the exact opposite effect is happening with other companies where they're losing everything. And in this case, a company like TikTok, this couldn't be a better time, right? People are home, people are together, families are together. They're doing all these challenges. They're doing these dances. They're doing all these things. Um, and I think it really is helpful to, um, the market, you know, if I'm the, if I'm TikTok, if I'm the company TikTok and more and more people are home, that means more and more people are using, you know, the, the app and more and more people are uploading and more and more people are. So, right. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's how that works. And I think, you know, the fact that the situation that we're in right now is fueling that social media end of it, you know, people are home, they're bored. Um, and if they're not reading or if they're not homeschooling their kids, they're they're on TikTok. And in my case, um, I, I, I'm not home, so I'm still working and I'm using TikTok. I'm using the hell out of TikTok. I'm, you know, trying to do. Um, it's funny because I'm actually trying to do a um, like a daily, you know, just a daily kind of update. You know, like hey, listen, day four, day five of the quarantine, and just some of my experiences and how things are in, here in Massachusetts. You know, I don't know, and I can't speak for you know you out in. You know, in New York and in uh, in California, uh, in Florida, in New Orleans, I, I I can't speak for you folk down there because I mean I, I know it's I know it's bad, um, and it's also bad here in Massachusetts. But and everybody's being really really cautious, and I think ultimately that's the best you can do. I mean, other than you know, literally, honestly, just separating ourselves from one another. What more can you do? Um, and like I mentioned. You know, like my company, we're doing like a split shift um, and we're actually, you know, paying employees to stay home uh, and then having them come in and, and giving them um, just, a, you know, just a stipend, a stipend and saying thank you for, for you know, 
you know, sacrificing and working during this difficult time. I mean, it's just, and, and again, our, my company is just donating the product that we're, we're, we're pulling. We're pulling product out. We're donating it um, for the greater good. And I think there's such a great message to everybody. And if you're going to be a part of the solution, then you're a part of the solution, you know, rather than being part of the problem. And it's funny because a lot of people, um, more so the people that are getting laid off, you've got some older people um, who don't typically use computers that are now being forced to get on a computer and, you know, fill out these unemployment claims and get these claims going because they're not working. Um, so this is really a shift for everybody, you know, regardless of what, what age you are. But ultimately, the young helping the older, uh, the older uh, learning and figuring this stuff out and realizing that they really should, you know, maybe be more astute when it comes to technology because these things may happen. Uh, but I will tell you, this is unprecedented in every way, shape, and form um, that we are. And I hate to keep coming back to it, but it's just it really is just amazing um, the change in our culture right now and the way that everything is. And even today, I went to go see my mom. I was I miss my mom, and I, I at least try to go see her at least once a week. Uh, of course, I'm very, very cautious, face mask. You know, I, we take every precaution possible. Um, but it's just very important that I see her once a week. I think it's good for us. It's good for me. It's good for her psyche. It's good for my psyche. Um, knowing, I mean, she's a little, I drive, I got to drive to go see her. It's not like she's, you know, right next door and I can walk over to see her. So it's just important that um, I do that. And it's important to me. Uh, and I know it's important to her. So um, I hope that you all are looking out for, um, you know, our older uh, generation, our family, our friends uh, who may not have someone um, remember just sometimes a phone call is enough, you know, just, or, or a text message or an email is enough to just pull, pull somebody out of that, that dark place. Um, you know, you almost kind of hope for rain, right? Cause you know, the nice days it's sunny out, you know, you would love to be outside. And unfortunately, if you're in the city, that's really not much of an option right now. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty locked down in the country. Yeah. You can get outside, walk around the yard for a little bit, maybe get a tick or two. Um, but in, uh, in the city, it's getting real, real difficult to, um, to get around. And again, obviously the, the, the key to all this is separation from one another so that we're not spreading this terrible virus, um, as we go, but back to the show, right? Let's get back to the show. I, guys, I was telling you TikTok. I'm using the hell out of TikTok. Um, I hope you guys are too. Um, go over, if you are on TikTok, please go follow the show, the Bobby Kudo show, uh, on TikTok. You guys can get the link on through Instagram or um, Twitter. So go check that out. Um, I got a couple of videos on there. You know, if you love the show, that's really, that's me. You know, that, that's, that's, uh, I, I, I don't post a whole lot on there, but, um, what I do post, I hope is entertaining and, um, you know, just at least, at least information, informative and funny or just something. It's, I just, I think this whole TikTok thing is pretty cool and I'm just, I'm glad to be, um, to be a part of it. Have you guys heard, speaking of TikTok and talking technology, have you heard about this virtual dating that they're doing now so i mean it's i'm not super surprised about it so it's really you know if if, if you had a mac and i got a mac and you know we are facetiming in your home and mom home and we literally have a date on our computers i mean i i don't know it's much different than you know texting or facetiming but it, it, i guess it would be if you don't know each other all that well but i guess if you go now it's uh, eHarmony or match.com they're all offering that um as an option so Go check that out. I mean, that's. I mean, if you're single, I mean, what the hell? Why not? I mean, it's safe, right? I mean, it. I'm just curious. I wonder how many dates before, like, you get to first base and second base, right? I don't even. <laughs> I'm not even quite sure how that would work. Let me take a drink. So that's thing. That's something that's going on. 
Another thing that I find out really, really cool that I want to share with you guys, and I was talking to Rachel about it, was is really the the family unit right now, uh, and whatever that may be, whatever whatever your family unit is, mom, dad, mom, mom, dad, dad, mom or dad, uncle, aunt, grandma, grandpa, whatever your family unit is, regardless of it, what it is, everybody's together. Uh, I, I think this is really, really cool. I, I, in that sense, you know, I think if we've got to look at the silver lining here. Um, I think it's wonderful that families are spending time together. I think it's really cool that families are finding each other again. It's, you know, maybe putting the phone down for a minute. Maybe it's playing a board game. Maybe it's building a puzzle. Um, But all in all, it just seems like people are now inherently being forced to live with one another. You know, it's, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, uh, um, I'm home for a few minutes and I'm leaving. No, like people, you're home and you're staying home. If you go to school, you're not going to school. You're now you're home. If you're going to work, you're not going to work. Now you're home. Even moms and dads and um, loved ones working literally from home, not leaving. So, you know, everybody being forced to be in the same place, I would imagine, you know, one or two things are happening. Either things are really, really well and great for you or, um, you're absolutely miserable, and I. But I hope everything is wonderful for you. Uh, and in my case, you know, I, again, like I mentioned, guys, I, I'm a little. I, I really can't relate uh, wholeheartedly, only because I'm still working. Um, I will tell you that my whole family is home, with the exception of myself. Uh, and um, it seems like it's going great. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I love coming home and having my whole family here. Um, you know, really, and, it, <laughs> and I hate to say this out loud, but it really, kind of look at really excited to see me. You know, I think they're together all day long, uh, and I'm just a new face coming in uh, after work. So it's it's really cool that um, they're all happy to see me when I get home. So I just uh, there you go, little little inside uh, little inside secret from uh, from Bobby Kudo for you. Uh, it, 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 I will tell you again, it is a, it is a culture change, you know, really just, uh, grasping the idea that everybody is home and we're always here. Uh, and, uh, but I'll tell you dinners every night, you know, we're sitting down, we're having dinner every night, we're having conversation. Um, we're, we're watching, you know, um, like-minded television, we're laughing together. Uh, and we, you know what, we're sharing stories with one another. It's, it's not like it's, um, you know, all of us just staring at the wall. I mean, it literally, we're literally, enjoying each other's company so I, I hope you are as well um with your family whatever your situation is it's just nice to know that um we can be together right i mean it, seriously and you know and, and, and with this whole 2.2 trillion dollar stimulus bill that the president signed you got some money coming so if you were worried about money maybe some bills you know you, maybe you don't have to worry maybe this is going to help a little bit i hope it does you know this along with your um unemployment benefits you would think this would really help out and maybe pay some bills. I know that the um, utilities, electric companies, they're all, they're not shutting anybody off. So I would, I would just be mindful of who I'm paying. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> so now back, hey, listen, back to the show, 1975. So uh, cool movies that came out that year. I told you guys, Jaws, that was a blockbuster hit. Um, the, um, the Who's Tommy. I mean, you guys remember Tommy, the pinball wizard? That premiered in London in 1975. I'll be honest with you guys. Some people, like, love it. They're fanatical about it. Tommy, ooh. I, eh, uh, I was, it was okay. Uh, I know the movie was kind of psychedelic. It was out there. It was that whole genre of just weird movies. Uh, Elton John was in it. He played the. He was the pinball wizard uh, who played against Tommy, who was deaf, dumb, and blind, but somehow could play pinball. Uh, if if you know what, I I don't know that I would go out of my way to watch it. If you haven't seen it and you like the music and you like the Who, um, go for it. It's just it's out there. You know what I mean, I, I think if you're gonna spend that kind of time and you're gonna watch a movie like that, I'd probably watch the the, the Wall, Pink Floyd's The Wall. 
But nonetheless, some people, like I said, some people are fanatic about it and love it. 1975 also seen the debut of the Saturday Night Live show. Um, it debuted on October 11th. Um, and it was a, it was a topical, you know, comedy, uh, which was great back then. It was, it was awesome. It was like sketch show. It featured, it was Chevy Chase, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, um, Gilda Radner, uh, Garrett Morris, Judge, uh, Jane Curtin, and, um, uh, what was her name? Um, Lorraine Newman. That's who it was. And, and you know what? It was just a fantastic show and it wasn't so pinpoint left-sided like it is now. I just, I could be honest with you guys. I know I've said it in the past and I'll say it again. The show, I mean, it's brutal to me. You know, I thought it was always, I I grew up watching Saturday Night Live. I enjoyed it. Like, you know, there were nights that maybe I wasn't going out clubbing. I mean, this is right in the night, going into my 20s and into my 30s where it kind of made sense to watch it. It was one of those shows like comedy, but it was current events and um, you just kind of want to keep up with it, you know. Even with the um, the Adam Sandler's, um, 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 you know, that, that whole that whole genre was it was it was just it was it was it was awesome. It was Chris Farley, like it was all comedy. It was it wasn't so political. Now you, can, I mean, anybody unless unless you, I guess, are wicked left, um, you you're you're the only people enjoying it because I, I personally between you and I I can't I can't watch it but back then 1975 it was it was when it debuted so there you go another great thing in the year 19 not just my birth man we're talking some really great things that happened this year including Muhammad Ali beating Joe Frazier um, that was the uh, thriller in Manila match and Muhammad Ali would later go on to say that it was the closest thing he ever came to death. <laughs> fighting that Joe. They went 14 rounds, 14 rounds before um, Joe Frazier's um, um, trainer, Eddie uh, Eddie Fuchs. Um, he kind of threw the towel in, and that was it for the end. And, and, and that was it. And, and, and Muhammad Ali was the heavyweight champion. Uh, again, just legendary legacy. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, if you were ever a fan and enjoyed the, the, the sport of... Um, of of boxing, then by all means you would have to uh, you would have to appreciate that. Some other cool movies that came out that year was I mentioned Jaws, uh, The Towering Inferno, Benji. Remember that with the little dog Benji, uh, Young Frankenstein, The Godfather Part Two. You gotta make him an offer he can't refuse. Uh, Funny Lady, Murder on the Orient Express. I think they remade that thing recently, didn't they? And I just uh, can't do it. Um, the return of the Pink Panther. Listen, I, you know what? Maybe it's just me. It's that whole, maybe it's the British thing. I don't get it. I just, I've never enjoyed the Pink Panther. Never. I, 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 I've never, the cartoon was okay. The cart, even the cartoon was kind of, but the actual movie, the Pink Panther, uh, the original was terrible. And then they came out, I think, I think it was Steve Martin, maybe that did the, the, just, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, maybe I just don't get the humor. Um, don't listen, don't, don't, don't hate me. Don't be hating on me right now. But even the mighty, mighty Python, there's a little bit of it. Maybe the life of Brian, I thought was funny outside of that. It's just like that British humor that I just, I don't know. I can't get it. Uh, anyway, moving on. I mentioned Tommy, the who, uh, and then, of course, this, I mean, phenomenal, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest um, with Jack Nicholson. If you have not seen that movie, you know, if there's anything you do during this quarantine, anything at all, there you have to go and you have to go watch the, I say you have to go, go to your living room. You have to go to your living room, sit down, turn on Netflix or Hulu, wherever it may be, and um, 
and watch. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. All right, do that self. Do that for yourself because you'll you'll appreciate it. Absolutely phenomenal movie. One of those movies that you just have to see. It was cult cult classic, perfect uh, for this um, this time and this climate. Right. So that covers movies. Listen, how about uh, we take a breath real quick? And, of course, we're going to go into my favorite segment of the show, and that is musicology and history, right? I mean, this is, I love music. I always mention to you guys how much I love music and how much I love to talk about the history of music. And, um, and, you know, of course, the the year 1975, there was some really, really great music. And, you know, I got a really great list, and I wanted to start off with this one because you all know this individual. I mean, and they say, they say that this, this is highly regarded as one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest of all times. I, I, I don't know that I agree. I, I'll say this right now. I am a fan, but I don't know that I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. But you may feel differently when you hear this. I will tell you that anybody I know who's a fan is fanatical, and you cannot say otherwise. This was, of course, Mr. Bruce Springsteen of his third studio album, Born to Run. Classic, right? Classic, classic. I, I know it takes you back. I mean, you have to. It's, I don't care. Anybody listening to the show, you listen, you hear that song, you've heard it a million times. But, you know, a lot of people would regard Bruce Springsteen as one of the greatest uh, musicians to ever walk the planet. You know, and I will tell you that he's been around. Um, Born in the USA was a huge album for him. Uh, and he's had many, many years and many, many successes. So um, I, I would say that, you know, I can't argue with people when they say he's one of the greatest because obviously he is. Is he one of the greatest to me? Eh, I would say I wouldn't rate him at the top of the list, but he'd be he'd be on the list. He would. He'd be on the list. I think I actually watched a live a live show that he did on that TV show Palladium, and um, it was a solid three hours long. And I tell you what, from the moment he started that concert to the three hours the duration of it, he was. I mean, you, you thought the guy was gonna blow a blood vessel. I mean, he was all in top of his lungs singing i mean it was just an amazing amazing performance so to see him live like that i would have loved to do that um and again is is that is that um is that his legacy to me yeah it really is this other song this next song um you probably i'm gonna say her name i'm gonna say her name minnie ripperton minnie ripperton and you're not gonna know it until i play it so here you go check this out let's see And now this is 1975, guys. And if you're driving down the road in your 1975 Caprice Classic, and you've got this playing on the radio. How about that, huh? 
Digga. There you go. How about that? You like that? And you know what? There you go. Right? On a Sunday morning, right? On a Sunday morning going down the road, you're playing that. There you go. Especially if you're in love, that was a good song, right? Not bad. This next band's been around forever. You know, and I would tell you that more than recently, um, you'd hear about this band. At least, at least the lead singer of this band was pretty popular. He was out there. He did the whole American Idol thing, and then of course he just kind of disappears. And he's a local from Mansfield, um, and of course I am talking about this band. And they released this album in 1975. And here you go. How about a little bit of Aerosmith off their album Toys in the Attic? You know, it wouldn't be until years later that they joined forces with Run DMC and released this again. One of the greatest crossover songs ever. You know, these guys had no idea when they, you know, when they released this in 1975, did they have any idea that going into the 90s that they'd be re-releasing this with a rap band? And not just any rap band. We're talking about Run DMC. I mean, the success for, for, for Aerosmith and Steven Tyler and Mr. Joe Perry. Fantastic, fantastic. I, we actually seen them live uh, when they came by. It was They released an album. It was pretty cool. They were um, they were actually filming. I think I wouldn't have mentioned it in the past. They were filming Get Shorty 2, I believe. And they were doing the skit. And we kind of participated as the audience. So if you go watch that movie... Uh, get Shorty too, and the scene when they're when it's Aerosmith and she's singing on stage. We were there. It was that was in uh, that was <laughs> that was over at what was the Tweeter Center, is now as the Xfinity Center. Um, this next band, you guys, I, I know I I'm not I'm gonna listen. I'll be honest with you guys. I do like Ozzy. I'm I'm an, I like Ozzy Osbourne. I think the guy's been through the ringer, and the fact that the guy's still alive and still with us today is it just blows my mind. I enjoyed the reality show. Um, and Jay, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the band Black Sabbath, but I will tell you that um, I am a fan of this and glad I can share it with you. And this is off the album Sabotage. Hole in the Sky. Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. Tony Iommi. And Mike Butcher. Roll, man. Right? That's Ozzy, guys. <laughs> he was on his way to becoming comatose. He wasn't comatose yet, but he was on his way. This is pre-bats. He wasn't eating bats' heads yet. 
Good stuff, right? Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Thank you, Mr. Ozzy. Appreciate it. And that's Black Sabbath, you guys. 1975. Huge, right? Like I tell you, when I when I I was very very happy that when I went in to build the show for 1975, the great bands and great music that I came across. I'm saying to myself, "Wow, this is so awesome." Um, and you know, and I always get excited anytime that I can um, that I can mention this next artist. I'm always always happy about it. Uh, he to me uh, is what what I always consider a um, a poet, and, and the idea that I I get to share. Um, his music with you uh, is is a pleasure of mine because I I really enjoy him and I enjoy his music and of course I'm speaking about Mr. Bob Dylan and this is Tangled Up in Blue off his Blood and Tracks album. One morning the sun was shining. I was laying in bed, wondering if she'd change it all if her hair was still red. Her folks they set our lives together. Sure was gonna be rough They never did like mama's homemade dress Papa's bankbook wasn't big enough And I was standing on the side of the road Rain falling on my shoes Heading out for the east coast Lord knows I paid some dues Getting through Tangled up in blue How about that, huh? Mr. Bob Dylan Tangled up in blue Love it, man Love it I can listen to it for hours, and you know, and he that was back in 1975, guys, and you can listen through the ages with him, um, all the way back into his first or his um, first releases um, in the 60s. Uh, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic! Just the poetry, the lyrics, the music—it all just works. It all just works so well. Um, but other artists, you know, 1975. I mentioned guys, 1975. Uh, David Bowie was our our opener with Fame. That was a huge, huge hit. Um, then uh, Alice Cooper had a couple of hits. The Eagles uh, also had a couple of hits. Um, again, I, I I try to I mean I, we, just so many of them guys, and I just I really try to pick the you know the really the 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 more robust and influential music. Jefferson Starship also had some great hits in 1975. But this artist, to me, uh, one of my favorites. On any time, any time I have an opportunity to play something from him, um, who I also consider a poet, musical genius, poet. Um, of course, I'm speaking to this individual, and I'll play it, and then you guys let me know what you think. Um, do you know who this is? Mr. Sir Elton John with Island Girl. Island Girl, and that was off his Rock of the Westies. That was his 10th studio album. Him and Bernie Topin. Fantastic. I mean... I mean, just awesome, awesome albums. If you guys have a chance, Rock of the Westies was an awesome album. And then that same year, um, of course, the duo, Elton John and Bernie Topin together, these guys are absolutely just musical, musical geniuses. Um, they Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy was released that same year. If you guys have had a chance to listen to that album, do yourselves a favor. Fantastic, amazing, amazing music that you cannot go on without hearing. I mean, they're just the um, 
what I what I always you know what I, I say it and I won't say it very often, but just ear porn, like just un- amazing sounds and lyrics and music that just take you to these uh, amazing places and it was just awesome stuff, man. Awesome. Phenomenal. And you know this next band. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Sir Elton John. Um, this next band, you know, he's still at it. Elton John is still at it. I mean, the guy just doesn't stop. He just, granted, he spends a lot of money, but he just keeps performing and he's always, um, always at his craft. You know, think about it. I, mean, I wonder how many times that guy has played Candle in the, Candle in the Wind uh, <laughs> on the piano, right? I mean, there must be like a world record, the Guinness Book of World Record. But anyway, moving on. This next band, uh, no more. I mean, there is not a more influential band out there. I don't care. Um, who you are this i mean this band is literally probably at the, at that time in that era the most influential band out there and this was off their hotter than hell album and of course mr gene simmons and the band kiss gene simmons is just a marketing genius the kiss army You'll never guess the name of the song. It's hotter than hell, of course. There you go, guys. There's a little kiss for you. Truth, you know, I always I tell you guys all the time, I'm always honest with you. I am not a huge KISS fan. I know. I know. Don't judge me. I and and you know, you know, I know I'm cringing Jay Cavallo's cringing right now. But ultimately, guys, I think I find their music very simple. I, just a lot of it sounds the same. And it's not. I know it, I, I've tried to play it, you know, I play the guitar, I'm a guitar player, I and, and, and some of it's but it all just sounds the same, right? It's just yeah, eh, it is what it is. That's but this next band, I will tell you that is, and has been one of my favorites, uh, and always will be. Uh, if you ask any of my kids or anybody I've ever had influence in my life, the greatest band of all time, of course, I am talking about this band. In my opinion. There's never been a more talented joining of artists such as Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, and Mr. John Bonham. This was off their album, Physical Graffiti. It was their sixth studio album and released on the 24th of February, 
again it will be Though the courts may change sometimes Rivers always reach the sea Phenomenal And that is Physical Graffiti If you have not listened to that album guys I hope you're writing this stuff down And if you're driving You're going to have to play this back again Write this down Physical Graffiti um, That was Led Zeppelin's sixth studio album Uh, Absolutely phenomenal Start to play from the beginning to end Just amazing, 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 amazing I cannot say it enough Give yourself the opportunity to listen to that one Um, And again, greatest band of all time In my opinion You know, When you're talking about musician, studio uh, in every, if you were writing the definition, you know these these are the guys that were doing it. The way they were, they were performing, they were the way they were writing, uh, all of that. You know, and, and I will tell you uh, again, you know, some of the most influential bands in the world, the Beatles. Uh, I will tell you guys, I'm a fan, and have since more recently become a fan. But I'll tell you, I had a tough time. Um, you know, and again, 1975, the Beatles weren't together anymore. Um, but nonetheless. Uh, this this individual was still writing music, um, and this was kind of like the stuff he was writing, you know. And I was looking for something good to share with you guys, but he really didn't release anything in 1975 other than um, the, an album that was called Rock and Roll. It was his sixth studio album um, that was released in 1975, and of course, I'm talking about this individual, and it is Mr. John Lennon. Bunch of covers. If you if you if you like you know if you're into the 50s 60s kind of you know music, he does the cover of a bunch of them on there. And the name of the album is Rock and Roll. So go check it out. I mean, he didn't again in 1975. He didn't release anything other than this. And but this was a this was a big deal. It sold a lot of albums. So it made it. It was an impactful. And so so John Lennon, you know, hats off to you, buddy. 1975. And of course, Paul McCartney was. Um, he had just Paul McCartney was with Wings. They made the band Wings, and he was, and they would they were hugely successful. Both of them, they both made a lot of money uh, in the interim, even after the breakup. I mean, they were still doing a lot of things. You know what? And a lot of people will say that the breakup was inevitable, and it kind of was a good thing, and it birthed a lot of new music. And I, you know, in, in a crazy way, I agree. I mean, it, it, if you enjoyed the Beatles, and then the idea that they were they were doing their solo things, and granted, John Lennon kind of went on this psychedelic trip. Um, there was a lot of great music from Lennon, don't get me wrong, but also a lot of it was trippy as well. Um, but speaking of poets, um, this next individual, it's always my pleasure to play his music. Um, and, you know, whenever I mention poets, I, I, I consider him in that category or that group of poets. Um, I'd probably say that there's five, uh, and he fits right into that. He was also featured um, in February when I podcasted um we were doing the Black History Month. And of course, I'm speaking to this individual, and it is none other than Mr. Bob Marley and the Whalers. Don't worry about a thing. 
you know, there couldn't be a better song for the current climate. Right? There you go, Mr. Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Huh? How do you not sing that? Fantastic. Uh, and if, and again, you know, I, this next band, uh, 1975, I'm telling you, great, great music, 1975. This is, not only is this one of my favorite songs ever, um, I know you're going to enjoy this next band. They are absolutely phenomenal. You know, and if I had to put a category together of top bands, you know, obviously I mentioned Led Zeppelin being my favorite. These guys are just, these guys are a close second uh, all day long. Um, even, you know, regardless of how you feel about music in general, you can't categorize their, this type of music. You just can't. You can call it classic rock. You can try to call it, But there's just something about it that makes it different from everything else you're hearing. Uh, and in this case, of course, I'm talking about none other than Pink Floyd. Wish You Were Here was their ninth studio album, released September 12th of 1975. Classic, classic, classic. So if you want to listen to this, it's off their album, Wish You Were Here. And again, it's one of those albums, start and just let it play. And I promise you, it will take you to a new place. Awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. You know, I could play the whole song, <laughs> but I'd probably get myself in trouble, and I don't want to do that. I mean, just so there you go. Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here, um, off the self-titled album, Wish You Were Here. Go check that out. Fantastic, fantastic. And then there's just this last final one um, that I could not um, forget about, and I just I wanted to do it because I thought, one, it's classic. Two, 
uh, perseverance. You know, Mr. Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, you know, he is another one that kind of went. You know, 1975 was kind of like the year of solos, uh, and um, this was his his fourth solo album uh, after leaving Simon and Garfunkel. And he kind of always had that that kind of groovy kind of twist 70s thing going on. In this case, um, this song here was pretty popular. It was on the radio, and everybody was listening. Met my old lover on the street last night. She seemed so glad to see me. I just smiled. And we talked about some old times and we drank ourselves some beers. Still crazy after all these right. years. Oh, still crazy. Paul Simon, still crazy after all these years. Again, that was um, his fourth studio album, off the self-titled album, still crazy after all these years. And I mean, and listen, if that doesn't get you, this will. Nineteen seventy-five, guys. When I tell you great music, some great music. Problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be. Fifty ways to leave your lover She said it's really not my habit to intrude Furthermore, I hope my meaning won't be lost or misconstrued But I'll repeat myself At the risk of being crude There must be fifty ways to leave your lover Fantastic Fifty ways to leave your lover Right? Fifty ways Just slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, stand. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, and get yourself free. Fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Paul Simon. Fantastic. 50 ways to leave your lover. And that, again, was off his album, Still Crazy After All These Years. Go check it out, guys. This is just amazing music, you know, and I love sharing this with you guys because I know um, if you love the show, if you love the message, you're going to love the music. And that's just, again, I, you know what? I always get sad when we come to the end of um, our music history discology, but um, it is. It's over. That's the last one. That's the last one that I had uh, for the show. But, um, you know, I do still have a couple of things to say. Um, real quick, popular TV shows that were on in 1975, and then we'll move on. Um, the Six Million Dollar Man, Kojak, The Jeffersons, All in the Family, Good Times, MASH, and The Carol Burnett Show. And I get, you know, The Carol Burnett Show was huge. I remember people talking about it. Um, and for a long time, that being on TV, and it was, it was kind of hokey, slapstick, and a variety type of show. Um, but it was popular, and people were watching it in 1975. 
Let's see, 1975. You want to know who was born in 1975 along with me? Uh, Mr. Jimmy Johnson. Uh, he was born on the 17th. Uh, of course, if you don't know Jimmy Johnson, he's now a commentator uh, for Fox, but was um, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And Mr. Tiger Woods. Uh, I share a birthday with Mr. Tiger Woods. He was born in December. Uh, Mrs. or Ms. Angelina Jolie. Uh, she was born in June. And Miss Ms. Kate or Mrs. I would say Miss. Let's say Miss. Ms. Kate Winslet was born in October from um, uh, the Titanic. She did the movie with... Uh, um, what's his name there? Um, oh boy, his name escapes me right now. Um, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Um, I just had it. Tip my tongue. I'll think of it. I will think of it. Um, so it's Kate Winslet and whatever his face is that did um, Titanic, right? See, so you guys are right now. You're listening to the show and you're saying his name, and it's uh, and it's easy for you. But for me, uh, I forget these things. So because it's not that important. You know what I mean? So we'll move on. Uh, what else do we have? We had, uh, technology. Want to talk a little bit about technology? We can, we can, just a little bit, just to kind of get through this. And then there was a couple of things I want to talk about before we roll out of the show. But, um, the transatlantic pipeline was built. Uh, that was in 1975. Bill Gates and Paul Allen developed the basic programming for, uh, Alta 8800. So that was the beginning of, uh, of Windows, right? So Bill Gates starting 1975, back then i mean imagine having the foresight that those guys had um it was leonardo DiCaprio, by the way uh motorola obtains a patent for the first portable mobile phone 1975 1975 um the name microsoft for microcomputer software and microsoft became a registered trademark there you go 1975 was the birth of microsoft nasa launched the viking one uh, planetary probe uh, towards Mars, right? Amazing, 1975, we're doing this stuff. Um, Bic introduces the launch of the first disposable razor. Revolutionary, right? I mean, think about that, the disposable razor. Um, now, really, just people don't try to use those. People, like, I mean, obviously, for the waste purposes, people try to use, you know, just the replacement heads, but... Um, I tell you what, man, vacation-wise, I mean, that's just revolutionary. The microprocessor, um, microcomputer Altar 8800 was released. Uh, that was the birth of Bill Gates and Paul Allen. Uh, Sony, um, we mentioned it earlier, Sony released that Betamax and JBC. That was us. That's him. And then Cray won the first commercially developed supercomputer invented by Seymour Cray. Cray won was the first computer ever to hit people. How cool is that, right? Just cool stuff. I mean, and this is 1975, guys. Think about that. This is we're going back, you know, 45 years. How cool is that? And this, and and look at look at where we are today, technology-wise. The laser printer, guys. The laser printer was invented in 1975, and now today, do you guys remember like laser printers being so expensive, like you couldn't even have them, and now they're everywhere. Like your home, you got them all over the place, right? Technology, it it, it moves on, it grows, and obviously becomes more. Um, Less expensive, I should say. Less expensive and more available. In this case, um, who doesn't have a printer in their house? In most cases, a laser printer, right? Um, so that was... Guys, what did you think of 31, right? I, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, you know, maybe getting back to what the show core uh, is. Uh, I will tell you a couple of cool things that have happened since the last episode. Um, be on the lookout. Guys, I mention all the time that uh, I, I associate with the group uh, Drama City Productions, DCP. Uh, and there are a couple of the groups out there. You know, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not exactly 100% sure 
uh, of all the pod or indie podcasting groups that are out there. I, I mingle with everybody. Um, I talk with everybody. I share ideas with a lot of different people. But in this case, um, there's one podcaster, Delvin Cox, uh, host of the Delvin Cox Experience. And um, it was cool because they reached out to me and they asked me to be or, or participate uh, in his roast. He's, he's turning 40 years old on April 2nd. Um, and he, um, he, they invited me to be a part of the roast. Uh, long story short, I mentioned you guys in the last podcast, I was very, very sick, um, for a couple of days, uh, well over a week. And, and it was in the middle of when they were recording for that roast. And unfortunately I wasn't able to participate. Um, uh, but wouldn't you know, <laughs> but wouldn't you know, uh, the people that did go, uh, or participate in the show, um, you know, obviously had me on the roster and, um, you know, I was, you know, and I'll tell you this and I'll be honest with you guys, absolutely humbled and flattered, but they, and, and I, we were roasted. The show was roasted. The Bobby Kudo show got roasted. Uh, and it was, I mean, absolutely hilarious, all in great taste. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And the reason I mention it to you guys is I'm going to release this, um, most likely tomorrow, which is Monday. Um, I believe it would be, uh, Monday the 29th, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I think today, um, it'd actually be the 30th. It'd be the, um, it would be the 30th, right? Yeah, today's the 29th, so it'd be the 30th. So on the 2nd, they're going to release the, um, they're going to release the roast. But uh, anyway, long story short, so the show got roasted, uh, and I had no idea because I hadn't listened to it. Obviously, it was a recording, um, but Delvin was kind enough to reach out to me and say, hey, listen, man, I want to give you an opportunity to rebuttal because you, you got roasted. I mean, I, you, you <laughs> so um, long story short, uh, uh, Jody B sent over from uh, Pobo Pobo podcast. He sent me a copy of the recording and I listened to it its entirety. Uh, and I did get roasted. The show did get roasted and I thought it was great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, the work that these guys did and the way they put this all together. I mean, it's, I, I mean, listen, you know, if anybody who does this, uh, you, you may think it's easy to put something like this together, but in all reality, you know, just for me to sit here alone uh, and, and put this production together is one thing. And then to have seven, six, six, seven people in a room all trying to participate in one common goal. I mean, it's a feat beside itself. And everybody did such an amazing, wonderful job. Uh, but I just want to let everybody know that, you know, they gave me the opportunity to rebuttal. And I did. I recorded a small segment, five minutes. Uh, and did a little kind of roast rebuttal. Uh, and I would imagine that that's going to be available um, through the Delvin Cox experience once he releases it. I, once I get it all, guys, I'll share the link with you and you guys can go check it out. Uh, I will tell you, um, I in my whole life, never been roasted. Uh, and it was absolutely flattering. And I was humbled that, uh, you know, that... Um, uh, to be honest with you, that that I suck enough that um, someone would want to roast me. So I'm absolutely humbled uh, and flattered by that. And it was fantastic, right on point. And I look forward to the I look forward to the roast getting released because I mean it's I mean talk about publicity for the show um, and marketing for the show and being a part of that and all, all you know really getting that whole audience and hopefully bringing that audience in and uh, enjoying what they hear and want to listen to the Bobby Kudo show. You know what I mean? Participate. And again, I, I, you know, I mentioned in episode 30 how, how fast we were growing and how many listeners we had. I mean, imagine now that you know, we, we've expanded and we've kind of gotten into other podcasts and featuring on other podcasts. And guys, I got to tell you, the show just continues to grow uh, and become so dynamic. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited about it. Um, and like the social media end of it is really so important. And that's where I keep, I mentioned to you guys in the past, it's so important to be a part of the social media because that's even in this case, uh, if it wasn't for Twitter, if it wasn't for Instagram, if it wasn't for Facebook, I would have no interaction with these other podcasters, 
Um, who and it just and you know what it enriches the show. It makes the show that much better because I'm reaching out to these people and getting ideas and sharing ideas and uh, listening to what they're doing and how they're launching and how they're you know their craft and trying to apply some of that here. But ultimately, the show is the show, and it's it's the Bobby Kudo show, and it's always going to be this. It's always going to be me uh, sitting behind the microphone, and it's always going to be organic. But um, that social media end of it is so important. You know what? I'll be honest with you guys. I really enjoy it. I love talking to like-minded people, people that are doing podcasts. It's just, I will tell you, it's, it is it is definitely um, a different class of, I just, a way, different way of thinking. You know, I don't want to say class. It's a different way of, of thought. And um, these are people that are very talented and think differently and have different ideas. And um, you know, there are a few people out there that are willing to stand up and say something. Uh, and I like to think that, you know, the, the show, the Bobby Kudo show, uh, that I represent a group of people that have or share the same ideas that I have. And um, maybe that I could be that voice or maybe just to shine that light on some of these situations that maybe we're not discussing or not talking about. So that's always been my mission um, in the show and in, in what I'm delivering here. And, um, you know, speaking of social media, not, I mean, this, and not to get um, and I, I don't want to go full circle and talk about Corona again, but I will tell you. Um, Dr. Jerome Adams, uh, who is the Surgeon General, the 20th Surgeon General, um, he is fantastic. And he was on TV the other day. Uh, and, you know, speaking about this corona and the spread of the corona, uh, and then they did have the corona. You guys, if you guys see this, the corona challenge where, where they, these kids are licking toilets and the floor and just it's just some pretty crazy things. Well, um, Dr. Jerome Adams and, and, it's, and just this infant wisdom, like somebody's brilliant, you know, reaches out to uh Kylie Jenner, right? Kylie Jenner. Like, she's got a bazillion followers on Instagram, a bazillion followers on Twitter. Like, who's more popular than her? And he actually reached out to her and asked her to, hey, listen, can you spread the word to this youth, to your fans, um, how important, you know, the, the social uh, distancing and, you know, the, 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 the hygiene, how important this is and how dangerous this whole corona challenge. And she did. And she, she went on there and they said that immediately they noticed a huge difference. I mean, imagine the power of influence. When I heard that, when I read that article, it completely blew me away. You know, I, I will tell you, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a Jenner fan. I, I'm not a fan of the family. I'm not the whole, I, all of it. It, it just, I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. But anybody, obviously people like the Jenners and they have a lot of followers and there's a lot of young people that are doing what, what she's doing. Um, and the idea that she actually took the advice of the Surgeon General and applied that and offered it to her audience. And these kids are so um, <laughs> impressionable. You know, they really, really are. And I'm glad that she at least took the responsibility uh, and did the right thing and told these kids to stop doing this and to be conscious and realizing the dangers of what you're doing by spreading this virus. So, um, you know, hats off to, to, to Dr. Jerome Adams, you know what I mean? And, and to, uh, to Kylie Jenner. I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, what can I say? Thank you, um, for helping in, in this, with the situation. I mean, it's just amazing that I wouldn't even have thought of that. And, and there you go. And that goes to show you like I, why I don't run the government. I mean, I wouldn't even have thought of that, um, to reach out to this, these, these social influencers, uh, and ask them to, um, literally ask their audience to be a little smarter with this stuff, right? I mean, speaking of, of politicians, if you're in Massachusetts or in, no matter where you are, like these governors have gotten a lot of publicity. Like they have been on TV, right? I've never seen Charlie Baker more than I've seen him recently. Um, but more recently than not, even the other day, um, 
he's on TV and he sounds so frustrated. And I get it. You know, we're going through this terrible, terrible time and he sounds frustrated and he's ready to drop the goddamn, oh, goddamn, and he didn't do it. He didn't do it, but he was gonna, um, just to, to, you know, just to express how frustrated he was. Um, but ultimately what he was frustrated about was that they didn't have supplies or didn't have masks. And it didn't dawn on me at the time. I'm like, you know what? He's right. He should be upset in the federal government. But then I'm realizing, well, hold on a second here. You know, I'm going through TikTok again. And um, this happened to be an individual that um, is in Massachusetts and obviously mentioned uh, Baker. And, 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 you know, and, and I didn't dawn on me until I heard him say it. And he's like, well, Baker, if you're going to sit there and whine about not having masks, then why are we not manufacturing these things in Massachusetts, right? How many mills, you know, Reebok, uh, Titleist, how many companies do we have that are in the great state of Massachusetts that could manufacture these things, the, the masks and PPE? They, why couldn't they? And the time that we have, why haven't we, you know, why hasn't Baker said, hey, let's do this? Let's, you know, rather than wait for the federal government to send us this stuff, let's start making it ours. It's bad enough we have to wait for the ventilators. I get that. And that's a little more complicated. You got GM, you got Ford, uh, Toyota building these devices. So why don't we take some of the burden and make our own masks? I will tell you guys the truth. The truth of the matter is I have masks. I was, I got masks. I got masks for my staff in my workplace. And when I received them, it was two boxes and I opened the boxes and none of the boxes had English letters on it. It was all Chinese, all of it. All of it. And, you know, I hate to be the guy that's, you know, ringing the alarm here, but I mentioned it in episode 30 and I said, listen, you know, this whole Corona thing, who has the mo- who has the most to gain in all this? And the truth of the matter is China. China is the one that's gaining. I mean, I we proof positive. I have two cases of N95 masks that came from China, right? I mean, nobody, I mean, it, it, it's not, it's not Italian lettering. It's not French lettering. It's, it, it's Chinese. It's from China. And who else is, is producing this stuff fast enough, right? Who's got the production abilities other than China to put this stuff out? And they are. And quite honestly, what are we paying for face masks, right? What is the government? We know the government will pay $20 million for a hammer. Imagine what they're paying for face masks right now. So this $2.2 trillion, like, is, where is it going? Is it going back to China, right? I mean, I know that they got that, that the the, uh, the federal government industrial act there, right? The, 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 so now that the military, so now we can manufacture. Well, why aren't we doing that? What why are we? What, what are we waiting for? Why is is it in the interim? Is that what it is? I mean, I, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna throw money at it, then why not throw money at at some of these open these old mills that just nobody's using? You know, these companies that are my GM has a factory, I believe. I want to say Ohio. That is empty. There is nobody there. They laid everybody off. They shut the factory down. It's just sitting there. Why don't we turn? Why don't we open that factory up and stop making masks? Stop making ventilators. Stop making PPE. Whatever it takes to help the American people and the American medical staff with what they need. Right. This is just stuff that you know that, that I've come across the table, and it's just it's obvious to me. And like I so I challenge you, Mister Charlie Baker, of Massachusetts, and I challenge all the governors out there. Look around your own. Right. Figure it out. Figure out why. You can't or you have not started to manufacture some of the stuff in your own backyards. We we can, we should, and I believe that we should. So I, I you know what? Does it mean we reach out to these government officials, or or is it one of these situations that it doesn't matter what we say, right? Doesn't does it? Do we have an input? Do we have impact? I just I think that we really seriously need to consider, um, doing that, right? I mean, jobs, you name it, right? A little bit of everything, right? Get everything back here. 
I say so. I say yes. Um, but listen, guys, you know, I, a couple of quick things, um, and then we're gonna. I'm just going to walk us out of here. Um, I just want to officially announce that we do have uh, an official sponsor of the show. Uh, I'm so proud to uh, announce that um, Weikert Realtors, uh, my friend Gary Cabral, who is a realtor, uh, is, is sponsoring the show. You know, he decided that, uh, you know, he was looking for something that was going to fit his profile and his show and his audience. And, you know, he reached out to me and said, Bobby, you know, I love the message you're delivering. Uh, and I believe that my audience is your audience and people that, you know, maybe looking for property, uh, maybe looking to rent property or just have some questions about maybe, you know what, listen guys, whether you believe it or not, this climate right now, this is the time. This is, if you're going to buy something or you're going to sell something, people are buying and selling like crazy right now. I mean, you think the market is the market is, um, take advantage of that. And if you are going to do something or you have questions of it, reach out to Gary. Uh, he can, you can get him on an email. C-A-B-G-2711 at yahoo.com. Um, or you can reach him at his office at 877-616-0330. His cell, 508-415-4177. 508-415-4177. And that is Gary Cabral. All right? If you guys are looking for some property, some rental, something like that, hit him up. Uh, he won't... Listen, I, I, I have many friends in my life. He is one of the most honest hardworking individuals I have ever known. Seriously, honest as his day is long. And uh, he'll treat you like he treats his mama. And I know he will. And Because uh, I know he treats my mama like like she's his own. So um, I have the ultimate faith and trust in him. So you should as well. So give him a call. Reach out to him. Send him an email. Uh, give him a call. Even shoot him a text message, right? He's available. Uh, and uh, mention to him if you, you know, obviously the Bobby Kudo Show. And uh, he'll hook you up. He'll take care of you, all right? So don't don't forget to do that. So that's our official sponsor, and here we are growing, guys. You know, as an audience, uh, as fans of the show, I would hope that um, you guys are excited as I am moving forward and just, you know, the show growing and getting larger and um, just becoming more dynamic, right? More dimensional, right? I mean, it's like I feel like we're talking to dolphins, right? I mean, we can understand each other. It's fantastic to me. I love it. So um, I hope... Everyone is well. Um, I just want to just real quick say uh, a quick word. Uh, if anybody who lives or um, um, here's the news in my general area, um, I live in a small town right outside of Boston. And um, unfortunately, we had a major tragedy. Uh, three young men, 19 years old, uh, that graduated with AJ, or I should say graduated last year. AJ is graduating this year. Um, they were all home from college. Obviously, none of these kids are in school. Um, the only reason I'm mentioning this is, you know, just I, I want to tell all the parents out there, you know, listen, you got to talk to your kids. You know, th- these cars today, you may not realize it, but, you know, all the safeties that are in these cars, you know, the 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 the, the um, early braking system, the lane departure warning, all that stuff. I, I don't know that it makes us better drivers or worse drivers. But in this case, these three young men. Um, were out on Friday night and somehow, somehow uh, lost control of the vehicle and um, two of them uh, lost their lives and one of them is in stable condition in Rhode Island Hospital. And my heart and sympathy goes out to the families. I just want to dedicate this episode to them um, and to their families. I can't imagine, guys. I mean, seriously, let's really think about this for a second. Uh, I know that we're all complaining about our current situation and how bad it sucks, and if you're stuck at home, or, you know what, there's no win here. 
Whether you're going to work, it sucks because you, you don't want to go to work and get the corona. If you're home, it sucks because you don't want to be home. You want to be out. Um, but in this case, guys, just I want to put a little perspective and say, you know, the, what's the, what's the ladder? And the ladder is, unfortunately, um, these three young men, uh, two of them who lost their lives. And imagine the impact to their to, to these families. Um, it's just it's tragic. It's it's beyond my realm of comprehension. Um, you know, it, the crazy, the the most crazy thing in all of it is um, that these young men. I mean, I they grew up with my son. I, I knew them. I, I I watched them grow up. Uh, and the idea that they're no longer with us, I got to be honest with you. I don't know that it's quite sunk in yet. Uh, but what has sunk in for me is the idea that my family is here with me. Um, and I did have a conversation with my son. And I would I would encourage you to have a conversation with your sons and your daughters. Um, you know these young young people that are out there driving. Um, don't don't take it for granted. You know just because you have ABS, uh, just because you have this the, the, the lane departure, just because you have early braking system, there there's there is no there is nothing that's going to save you from a tree or a telephone pole. Uh, the only thing that's going to save you is is driving cautiously uh, and being mindful. You know just it's so easy to be distracted with the phones and and music and. Um, the, the technology and you know just recently in Massachusetts they 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 they, they um, implemented the, um, the no cell phone uh, act which means you cannot hold your cell phone it has to be in a holster and um, you can't use it for anything uh, so I mean has it has it worked I, I'm between you and I let's just say one the police are not pulling anybody over because they don't want corona so nobody's paying attention right it really is. I mean, I, I, for a lack of a better word, and I, I can't. I'm not not blaming the police. I'm not calling out the police, but it, quite honestly, I don't blame them. So, are they policing for that right now? Are they pulling people over because they're using their cell phones to write them a ticket? I, the answer is no. Um, so, you know, I think us as adults, as responsible adults, I think we have to set the example for our kids. Uh, and included in that is having these conversations with our kids to say, "Listen, slow the fuck down." Right? Like there is nowhere you are going that is worth losing your life over. Pay attention to the road. And when you have your friends with you, it is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to keep everybody in that vehicle safe. You know, no shenanigans. And unfortunately, that seems to happen. I don't know what the case was in this case. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but all in all, it was, it, this is an absolute tragedy to um, those, to those families and to the town, and to all of us. I mean, this is a terrible, terrible blow to everyone. Um, it's so sad, uh, but it really just puts everything in perspective and realizing that let's be grateful that we have one another, uh, that we still have our loved ones home with us uh, at an arm's length, um, six feet away, six feet away, of course. But nonetheless, that they are with us, and that's not let's not lose sight of that. Okay, um, I just I wanted to mention that I didn't want to bring down the show, but I just wanted to mention them because I, I mean, you know what, mentioning them, mentioning them here today, um, means that they will live forever. Uh, and we all know my philosophy, um, in, 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 in that is we die twice. We die the day we leave the earth. And then the day, the last, so, last time someone speaks our name. Um, so in this case, I want them to be remembered here. Um, and I won't mention their names just out of respect for their families, but they know who they are. Uh, and, um, we all mourn with you, and uh, so very sorry. Uh, so moving on, guys, real quick, I just wanted to mention, um, if you haven't, go over, follow on Twitter. 
Go follow on Instagram and, of course, now on TikTok uh, and always Facebook. We're always there on Facebook. But go check out TikTok. TikTok's pretty cool. I'm trying new stuff. I'm getting kind of, I'm getting better at using it. Um, it really just, it does offer a bunch of, like, different editing tools and music. And um, so I really like to promo the show through it. So if you haven't got TikTok yet, go download it, get it. And, of course, go follow the Bobby Kudo show uh, and go check it out. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Etsy. Um, guys, go get the gear, www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash the Bobby Kudo show and go get yourself a sweatshirt. The weather's getting nicer out. Go get a t-shirt, go get a beanie, um, get a mug, right? Get a mug. The mugs are awesome. I love them. I absolutely love them. And then the tank tops, forget about it. Go get your lady a tank top. She'll appreciate it and she'll look really, really cool and sexy because, you know, the, the Bobby Kudo logo is absolutely sexy. So go over to Etsy and show your support for the show. Um, also Patreon guys, if you want to support the show, you want to help the show. I always mention to you that, you know, none of this is free. Um, and I want to continue to deliver, uh, this great, great, great message, um, week to week. And I am investing and I'm getting new technologies. I'm getting stuff that works. Uh, and it's just, again, I, I, I just, I'm, I won't lie to you guys. It's in front of me. I get a little nervous. I'm afraid to use it. Um, but I'm hoping that as, as time goes on, I will get better at it. And if I do, um, it'll be more like a... See? Like stuff like that. Isn't that fantastic? I love it, right? There you go. There you go. I absolutely love it. So um, with that said, guys, I just I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show today. Uh, I hope that, you know, we kind of covered a little bit, you know, a little bit of current events. I wanted to talk about 1975 because it's near and dear to me, guys. It's the year I was born, right? So um, if, if anybody knows... Um, I, I've done pretty much every year. I haven't done 1975, and I was saving it. I was saving it, uh, and I was saving it for this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. Some great music, some great movies. Um, I hope you guys got at least a set list or a playlist together that you can listen to this week, uh, and then next week, of course, I'll have another one for you. But um, if you haven't, remember, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, go watch that. Um, and, of course, the great uh, plethora of music, Bruce Springsteen, Black Sabbath, Bob Dylan, Elton John, Kiss, Led Zeppelin, John Lennon, Bob Marley, Pink Floyd, and of course, Paul Simon. Go give them a listen, man. Go listen to this stuff. It's just going to enrich your mind and help you enjoy life just a little bit more. You know what? And there's nothing wrong with cleaning the house. Put some of this on. Let it play, right? Clean the house. Cook your dinner. Right? Whatever you're doing. Building a puzzle. You know like, you know what? For me today, I, I was preparing for the show, and the next thing you know, Rachel comes up and goes, hey. We got a huge leak in the basement. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I went down, go check it out. Turns out I had a a 90. One of the copper 90s coming out of the boiler was leaking. Um, rather than get upset about it, guys, I went out to my garage. I got all the tools I needed. I came in the house. I shop vac the water up. You know, I, I, you know what? I can still sweat pipe. You know, I tell you what you say what you want. I haven't done it in a while, but I, uh, I still can. And I did. And it came out fantastic. So... There you go. It took me a little bit, but I did it, and it, it did delay the show a little bit, but not enough to uh, not enough to hurt me. So it did work out, and it and it was, um, you know what? It was it was inspiring to me, and it proved to my wife that she made the right decision in picking me. Right? If you're in the middle of apocalypse, I can fix the boiler. So there you go. Proof positive she made the right selection. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. So guys, listen. Um, with that said. Uh, I don't want to keep everybody too, too long. I know that everyone is busy and has a lot going on right now with their own concerns and their own life. But I will leave you with this. 
uh, and hopes that this show uh, finds you well and healthy. Remember Purell, Purell, Purell. Did you guys know, fun fact, Purell is only 10 years old. Hmm? How about that? Did you know that? 10 years old. 10 years ago, the company Gojo, if, you, if anybody knows Gojo, um, if you're a mechanic or work with mechanics, you know what Gojo is. Gojo uh, invented Purell, and it literally almost, um, they almost went bankrupt from it. Nobody was using it. And then the FDA put a report out on it saying that it was absolutely effective. The alcohol, I mean, they just, from from, from the uh, article that I read, they uh, absolutely got the, the, the formula absolutely correct. So the alcohol content to the lotion content to the liquid content uh, was perfect. And they could advertise it as killing as 99.9% of germs. So there you go. So that's how 10 years ago um, Purell was born. And you know what, guys? If you're going to, this is the time. You know, the, the market is low. Uh, people are looking for new ideas, right? I mean, if you could come up with a solution, to, uh, an alternate to, to toilet paper, yeah, think about that. I mean, what's, what's an alternate to toilet paper? Is there something out there? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. But if there is... You're going to make millions of dollars, right? You're going to win. So try to think of something. There's so many great uh, opportunities out there to figure out um, how can we make things better? Like there are companies out there inventing these tests for the corona. There are companies out there that are inventing new ways of making face masks. There are companies, I mean, you think about it. Right now, everybody's in a rush to invent, to invent, to invent, and they are doing that. So um, if you can, and, I mean, look, you know, it seems like if you have a 3d printer, um, that you can, like you can get in on this and that people are looking for people with 3d printers so that they can help them, um, build these face masks. That was easy. There you go. And it's easy and they make face masks and they can help the cause and maybe you can be a part of that. So just listen, don't live in your bubble. Think about other things, expand your mind just because you're locked in the house doesn't mean your brain has to be locked up as well. Um, this should only inspire you and make you realize that, hey, listen, you know what? You need to be self-sufficient, right? You can't depend on the government to help you for everything, right? If you need something, you got to get it. This is that time. If it, Listen, this is unprecedented times for all of us. None of us have ever been here. So do yourself a favor. Figure it out, right? Figure out what works for you. Figure out what works for your family and apply it, right? Apply it. I mean, again... There are situations that we are all in right now that we don't like, but I will tell you that if you make it right for you, if you take the proper precautions that make you feel better, then it's going to be much easier for everybody, right? I mean, I, I have to imagine that. And a lot of these companies, I believe, are stepping up and, and, and making the right decisions, although you know, a lot of them are maybe a little late in the game. Who knows what tomorrow holds? It seems like every every day there's another company that's trying something different or something new to help their staff and their employees kind of deal with these situations. And I hope that your company is willing to work with you. I know that mine is absolutely my book. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I think, you know, somebody's making some good decisions and I'm really glad that they uh, made the decisions that they've made and they put us in a position to succeed and continue to help. I mean, we're, we're not just laying down. Uh, we're not just quitting. We're actually still in the game and we're still helping and we're still contributing to the greater good. Uh, and in this case, you know, obviously the great the great organizations like the Red Cross, uh, the VFW um, that are helping these uh, these people every day. So I hope that all of you are well. I hope this finds you well. I appreciate you lending me your ear. Um, you know, I all I love you all equally. Uh, I know I mention it often. I say it as often as I can. 
I really, really appreciate everybody uh, uh, giving me the time and the listens. Uh, it, it means the world to me. And and and, 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 and if you could. Go over and review the show. Go give it a review. I know some of you mentioned Apple. Um, I believe if you go to apple.com, applepodcast.com, I think you can go leave a review there. But you know what? Anywhere you can leave it, even on Google. I'm on Google Play. So if you're on an Android device, go over to Google, right? And leave, leave a review for the show on Google. Why not leave it there? Wherever you can leave the, uh, the reviews, they're fantastic. And I can get these great sponsors like Gary uh, who are willing to uh, invest in the show uh, into the greater good. So again, go give Gary a call. Like I mentioned before, 508-415-4177. Shoot him a text message. If you have some questions about real estate or if you're looking uh, to do something with real estate or if you just have a question, man, the guy's, he's brilliant in his craft. He knows what he's talking about. He He's astute. He's schooled in it. And um, if you're going to make a move, give him a ring, all right? Don't forget to do that. And of course, support us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Facebook, and now on TikTok. Uh, I would really appreciate it. So everybody, I want to say thank you to all. Um, you know, happy birthday to me, right? Here we go. My birthday's on Tuesday. Uh, I um, Wow, I can't believe it, right? It just, it, it, it happens so quickly. And the, and the funny thing is, this is episode 31, and my birthday's on the 31st. Is that a coincidence? Probably not. Probably not. With that said, guys, I really just want to say thank you one more time. I appreciate you all very much. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Not as long and drawn as they usually are, but I hope this one is is full of substance and content in it. Um, And you know what? It finds you well, guys. I hope that you are all healthy. Uh, This terrible virus going around. Please be conscious about it. Remember, it's not just you. Uh, and remember that 14 days, that 15 days, you know, that, that incubation period there that you may feel good right now, but, you know, the, everybody that you come in contact with, so just keep that in mind. It's so important and so easy to lose sight of that. Um, so just if there's anything I can suggest, do that, right? Just the, the social distancing, uh, the Purell, uh, and then the timeline, right? Just if you do those things, I think we're going to be okay, right? Hopefully next episode, we're talking about less numbers, less people getting infected, and hopefully, what are they, the curve? Is that what they're talking about, the curve? Hopefully, that curve is gone. And we're looking at, you know, no more corona, right? I'm, I'm done with the corona. I could go for a corona with Lyme, but not this corona, this COVID-19. I don't want it. I know you don't want it. So with that said, everybody, I really appreciate it one last time. Thank you very much for uh, listening to episode 31. I hope you enjoyed all of it as much as I did. Uh, and, of course, I will see you on 32 But until then, everybody, remember that all roads lead here.